Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan. I want you, if you have your Bible, open it with me to Acts chapter 1. Since this is the last night, we'll do things a a little differently because uh, we want to make sure we get everything in. We have a decent amount of people watching online. Pastor Rodney and I, just like we were here, we're going to be Wednesday night, one night only, in Nashville, Tennessee, next week. So you're welcome to join. Uh, Tickets are free, but you do need to register. And I'm sure they'll put that information up before we we, uh, close the broadcast out. That's Nashville on Wednesday. Or is it Nashville Tuesday? Media? Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday. And then Roger Stone is when? Thursday? Thursday. Check the news. Roger Stone's live in studio uh, on Thursday, and we're going to talk about the presidential election. How many ever watched Check the News before? Well, that was a program that we launched um, actually four years ago next month when the lockdowns hit. I just thought, if we're all going to jail, I'm going to run my mouth before they arrest me. And uh, that was before, that was actually as YouTube had started taking people down and stuff like that, but they hadn't yet. And so we started showing. I knew that what they were saying about uh, that virus couldn't be true because even the viruses in the tribulation weren't as bad as what they were saying this one was going to be. And there's limitations on what the devil can do before the rapture. The devil is not running the show. God's not on the devil's timetable. The devil's on God's timetable. And the devil is not over the church. The church has dominion over all the power of the devil. Satan is the same place today that he was yesterday and will be tomorrow. He's not over your head. He's not eye to eye. We're not in a fight. He's under your feet. I said he's under your feet. Some, some Christians, you'd think the Bible taught that we're under the power of the devil because they're, they're just scared of him. And what did you hear what the devil's doing? And oh, you're going to Las Vegas. You're going to feel the, the wickedness there. Let me tell you something. I don't know if you've traveled. You don't have to go to Las Vegas to feel wickedness. Just step outside or turn on C-SPAN and listen to a senator give a speech. Amen. And then so some people think like that where it's all demon focused. And then you have other people that think uh, the devil's eye to eye with you and that you're fighting him, but we're not engaged in a fight with the devil. The Bible says that Jesus defeated him and stripped him of how much of his power. So if you get into a fight with somebody that has no power, that's on you. Amen. If there's an ant crawling across my kitchen table, a six-legged ant, and I'm there praying in tongues and slapping it and then getting knocked on my back, I'm actually the one that has the problem. Amen. The devil's not over your head. The devil's not eye to eye. The devil is where? Under your feet. He's not going to be under your feet. He's under your feet right now. The Bible says that Jesus stripped him of all of his power and uh, gave that power to the church, which is his body. And Jesus told the disciples, Luke chapter 10, verses... It's getting quiet. I'm wondering... I feel like I'm giving this speech at a, at a, at a deliverance ministries conference, and I'm going to put you out of business, but tough luck. Amen. <laughs> Everybody say, the devil's under my feet. It's not over your head, not eye to eye, it's under your feet. When the disciples came back, they told Jesus, Jesus, Luke 10, 17 to 19, even demons obey us when we use your name. And Jesus replied, demons, almost like whoop-de-doo, 
I saw their boss, Satan, fall like lightning out of heaven. And behold, I give unto you. Everybody say me. Me. I give unto you authority over all the power of the devil. And nothing, to tread on serpents and scorpions, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Say with me, nothing shall by any means harm you. So I don't know how how people skip that verse because people never talk like that when I was growing up in church. You know, we're going to go on a mission trip to Nicaragua. We could be killed at any time. That's not a scripture. The Bible says, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. And so what you expect is what you experience in life. Bible says the expectation of the righteous will not be cut off. If you expect to have a hard life, the devil will happily accommodate your bad theology. If you expect trouble, you know, think how different this week could have been for my wife and I if we, if we said, like I was raised in old time Pentecost, you know, we're going to sin city. You know, the wickedness is much greater there. How many ever heard people talk like that? Jonathan, I heard you're going to Africa. You're going to find the demon powers much stronger over there. Actually, I found it equally weak in every country of the world. Can you say amen? Jesus, Jesus isn't defeating him country by country. He defeated Satan once and for all. How many are thankful for that? And so uh, imagine if we'd come here. You know, the, Satan's power is great here. I think that's why a lot of ministries, we, we, you know, things could have been different this week. Like I said, y'all keep me in prayer. Uh, Adonis is going to finish out the meetings. I'm having the worst fever that I've ever had. Because the Bible says my people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. What you don't know not only can hurt you, it can kill you. And so if you don't know the Bible in an area, there's churches that know the Bible very well on salvation as far as going to heaven. But they don't know it on healing. And I don't get mad at those people. I feel bad for them that nobody's ever taught them. They think you have to go to one day when we go to heaven. How many know sometimes we get healed here, but other people only have their healing on the other side. They don't know what the Bible teaches on healing. So people are sick left and right in that church. Many of us came from churches. Some of you might still be in churches like that, that they put a, a, a screen up every Sunday and say, keep these people in prayer. And the screen doesn't get shorter. It gets longer. My grandmother was raised in the Catholic church. She was a good woman. And then she, she got born again later in life and started going to church with my mother. But they went to like an old Pentecostal church. So they would always put people up on the screen that need prayer. It'd be the same names every week. Nobody ever came off that list. Well, my grandmother got a diagnosis when she was 81 that the doctor said, uh, they need to keep an eye on her heart. She ended up living until she was 94 and it turned out to be nothing. But when they told her that, she shared it with her friend at the church. And her friend said, let me call, and I'm going to get you put up on the screen so we can pray for you. Well, my grandma didn't say this by faith. She just said it from noticing for 15 years that nobody ever came off that list. She said, don't you put my name on that list. In other words, I'll fend for myself, but once you go on there, it's over. You know, the only way you get off that list is when they say, Sister Irene's died and gone home to be with the Lord. So even she saw that 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 stuff didn't work. Now think of this, where we're going tonight. If the Bible says healing belongs to us, and we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit and all that, and that it's ours, how come people don't have it? Because that's what gets people to not believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, yes, some people get healed, but I know my Aunt Kay, she had a bunion on her left foot, 
And the church fasted and prayed for seven years, and she never got rid of that bunion. So sometimes we have to remember that God's sovereign or something like that. Or we prayed for so-and-so, and they never got better. So ultimately, yes, the Bible does mention healing, but ultimately it's up to God. No, you never base your theology on personal circumstance. You base it on the Word of God. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of our God stands forever. If we were to turn to Mark chapter 6, but I'm sure you'll take my word for it, the Bible says that they, they marveled at Jesus, but it wasn't a good kind of marveling. They said, we know his brothers, we know his sisters, and we know his family right here among us. In other words, this guy was working carpentry for Union 101 last year. I have a friend named Bob, and this Jesus guy helped him build some bookcases just last year for the Carpenters Union. And all of a sudden, he's the Messiah. And the Bible says they refused to believe in him. And Jesus could do, not would do. It didn't say Jesus punished them. Fine, if you won't believe in me, then I'm not praying for anybody. It's not that. Jesus could do no mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. You can read how much of a role faith plays in taking what God said belongs to you. Now, in heaven, you won't need it because there's no devil. The devil will be bound into the bottomless pit for a thousand years, loosed, and then ultimately destroyed in the lake of fire. But right now, the Bible says, he goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Everybody say, whom he may devour. So clearly from that scripture, the devil can't devour whoever he wants. The enemy comes to steal and destroy. Well, if the devil can just do whatever he wants and his will is to steal, kill, and destroy. How come every last one of us aren't stolen from, killed, and destroyed? Because the devil can't do what he wants. What prevents the devil from doing what he wants? The Bible says, above all else, put on the full armor of God. Above all else, the shield of which does what? Quenches how many of the fiery darts of the devil? So the shield of faith. Faith carries the capacity to quench every fiery dart of the devil. If you were here this morning, how many of you were here this morning? I told the story when that witch in Angola wandered on the field where I was preaching back in November on Thanksgiving week when I was over with Bishop Dag Haywood Mills. You know, when she walked on the field and started popping off at the mouth, I couldn't tell you exactly how it was going to end, but I knew it was going to end with a W for me and an L for her because there's no contest. Me and you can't cohabitate the same space. As dark, this room, like many of the rooms in Las Vegas, has no windows. And so if you shut all these lights off, it would be pitch black in here. If you turn on one iPhone flashlight, that darkness dissipates. Darkness does not have the capacity to overwhelm light, but light overwhelms darkness effortlessly. And Jesus said, well, you, <laughs> you know, people say, well, you're going to Las Vegas. You're going to find it hard to preach there. I don't know. Apparently they didn't meet you. This, this feels like training camp. Amen. How many of you ready for God to do something great in your life? Amen. Everybody say, tonight's the night. Turn to your neighbor and say, good luck. I'm getting everything for myself. <laughs> Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're on your own. I'm taking it all. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you're on your own. I'm taking it all. See how I altered what we said for Las Vegas? I know how you people think. 
I'm taking it all. Slot machines is not a team endeavor. Amen. And take that same mentality into the meeting. I'm getting everything for myself. If nobody else gets, the woman with the issue of blood didn't say, I hope God heals everyone. She said, I'm going to touch him and I'm going to be made well. I pray that kind of faith rises up in somebody that I'm going to take everything God has. I'm going to go back home and I'm going to give the devil the worst year that he's ever had. If that sounds like you, go ahead and clap your hands. Give the Lord a mighty shout in Las Vegas at the Plaza Hotel and Casino. Want to hear some good news? Well, I don't have it. No. Uh, I was talking on the phone with a preacher. I won't say his name, but we'll call him Jesse Duplantis. And he was watching this morning, and I told him, you know, you know where I went to meet at 2 o'clock? There's an owner of a hotel that when he heard we were coming, he said, I'd like to meet with you while you're here. I watch you and Pastor Rodney. And he's one of the hotels that sued uh, the former governor to stay open. And he said... He, so I went over and met with the president of the hotel at 2 o'clock, and they said, if you would like to rent out the entire hotel, it's 200 rooms, and then they have a meeting space. It's voted the cleanest hotel in Las Vegas, it, it, and it, it's right here with all the other ones. He said, if you'd like to come, it'd be only your people, and uh, there, 200 rooms, and then we can fit about 1,000 on the floor. So I was talking to Jesse Duplantis. I said, because he called, he said, I saw you're preaching on the strip. That's great. I said, would you like to come back with me? I told him about that hotel. So he said, say when, and we'll do it. So we're going to come back with Brother Jesse Duplantis and give the devil another kick in the no-nos. Amen. This is Las Vegas's time. I said, this is Las Vegas's time. God hasn't forgotten about Nevada. God hasn't forgotten about California. God hasn't forgotten about Southern California. God hasn't forgotten about the Bay Area. The devil's not going to have one square inch of this country. The church is alive and well in Jesus' mighty name. If you receive that, go ahead and take 15 seconds. Clap your hands, all ye people. Somebody shout hallelujah. Well, just lift your hands and begin to thank God out of your mouth. Let every church double this year. Let every evangelistic ministry double this year. Let every business double this year. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and give the Lord another great hand clap. You can be seated. Praise God. So say it one more time. The devil is not over my head. He's not eye to eye. He's under my feet. Yeah, and that's where he's going to say it's going to be the same way tomorrow. Because Jesus stripped him. He's not going to strip him. He stripped him of all his power. You know, only about four people in the Bible, depending on how you, you, you want to classify it, ever dealt with Satan directly. You hear a lot of Christians, how I many of the devil's attacking me? No, I don't think so. You and him aren't in, in fact... If you keep saying the devil's attacking you, I bet you on judgment day, the devil's going to pipe up and say, excuse me, I know I have a reputation for lying, but if you check the video tapes, I've never been near that person in my life. The whole time they were alive, I was in Syria or something like that. Can the devil be everywhere at once? No. A lot of people, and that's why I'm teaching on it, so if you believe any of this stuff, don't feel bad. You know, the answer to ignorance is, is teaching from the word. So if you view the devil as some big, I think a lot of people think like there's God that's holy and he's the holy, supernatural, all-powerful God. And there's the devil that's the wicked, unholy, all-powerful, wicked one. 
But the devil is not all power. In fact, I just gave you the scripture. Jesus didn't say, I stripped him of some of his power. He said, I stripped him of how much? All of his power. And then he gave that power to the church, which is his body. So Adam was given dominion over the whole earth. Then when he sinned, the keys of that dominion were transferred from him to the devil. And then God said right when that happened, a prophecy in Genesis 3, 15. <laughs> there was a preacher on at Christmas time on Christian TV. This actually stunned me. I think half of why I'm saying this is I just missed my daughter, but I'm going to see her tonight. She's only 10, but she's been in a lot of church services, man. And so she's, she's coloring something on her iPad. And uh, this preacher said, and I, I didn't, actually, I didn't even pick up on it. But the preacher said, he was talking about the Christmas story. And he quoted, he misquoted Genesis 3.15. He was talking about Mary. And he said, when Adam fell, God said, you have bruised his heel, but I will send another and she will crush your head. And that she was Mary. Camila, without even looking up from her iPad, said, that's not what it says. <laughs> so I backed the, the thing up and listened again and played it. And then I caught it. But instead of me saying, I said, what does it say? She said, the Bible says, he didn't say she will crush your head. It says, I will send another and he will crush your head. And Camila, without looking up color, went, it's not Mary, it's Jesus Christ. Yeah. I thought, well, that's, that's true. You read any theology book you want, that's the first messianic prophecy in the whole Bible. When, at, when Adam fell, God personally addressed Satan in that serpent. And said, you have, hold on, let me get one good cough. <coughs> Sorry, what a terrible night to begin smoking unfiltered cigarettes. But just keep me in prayer. I know this is a non-judgmental city, so I felt free to share that as people log off by the hundreds on YouTube. You know, during, during COVID, if I had to cough while I preached, I mean, if you coughed while you preached, they'd give you one cough. And if you coughed a second time, people had hymnals over their mouth running for the door. So I started doing this thing just to set the crowd at ease. We're joking around. I'd say, sorry about that. I just started smoking. And the people actually looked relieved. They go, oh, okay, that's fine. As long as it's cigarettes. Moving right along. God said to the, the devil in that serpent, you have bruised mankind's heel, but I will send another. Everybody say, I'll send another. And he will crush your head. So that one, the Bible refers to Jesus in the book of Romans as the second Adam. The first Adam had no earthly father. Jesus had no earthly father. He was born of above. That's why Mary said, uh, I believe you, angel, but one question. How am I going to have a son when I've never known a man? The angel said, the child will, that's conceived in you will be holy. The power of God will overshadow you and you will become fruitful. Jesus, in not having an earthly father, I got blessed at my wife's OBGYN appointment when she was pregnant because the lady happened to mention, she said, your child will not get its blood from you, Adalis. The child gets its blood from the father. And I thought how sin is transferred by blood. So when Jesus, not having an earthly father, was born of above and didn't carry the stain of sin. Can you say amen? And so he was born holy, not holding the, uh, the stain of sin. Second Adam. Then Satan said, no problem. I'll just kill him. 
and made a plan for Herod to kill him. But that plan failed. In fact, if you read the Bible, the devil's great at making plans and very terrible at executing plans. I've been trying to get that across to Christians for about four years now because there's always some plan being announced. They're going to go to central bank digital currency. It's one thing to announce something. It's another thing to carry it through. And if you read this Bible, when I was younger in church, maybe you've heard this, they would say, Um, anytime the devil reminds you of your past, remind him of what? His future. But you actually can remind him of his past too because he was a pretty colossal failure there as well. When you read the Bible, everything the devil ever planned ultimately failed. The devil carries something with him where whatever he plans is destined to fail. Everything the devil does fails. The walls of Jericho that were designed to keep God's children out, they fell flat. Goliath lost his head. We could go from now till morning time and recite great plans the devil had. I'll give you the best one. Not only did Herod's plan fail, the Bible says he made his number one plan. I'll nail this man to the cross and get him out of my hair once and for all. But the Bible says, had the rulers of this world known what they were doing, they never would have killed the Son of God. Because when he went to kill him, what he thought was going to be his greatest victory launched an eternal defeat. When that holy blood hit the ground, he redeemed all mankind and became the lamb that was slain for every tongue, every tribe, every nation, and every race. Turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 5. For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says... Don't say in your heart, who will go up to heaven? Say this out loud. Don't say in your heart, who will go up to heaven? How many know, you know, for a lot of people, healing is in heaven. They'll teach it that way from the pulpit. You know, you might not get your healing here, but how many know one day we'll all be healed in heaven? Well, it is true that all of us will have glorified bodies and there's no sickness in heaven. But the Bible's saying, don't think somebody has, you have to go to heaven to get what's in heaven. You don't have to go to heaven. Heaven came to you. The message of the Bible is not that you have to go to heaven to get blessed, but that one left heaven to bring the blessings of God to man on this earth. And his name is Jesus. If you know that name, shout it out. Jesus. Don't say who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth. If I'm not careful, I'm going to stop there the whole night because I'm telling you, that's why revival tarries. People think they know what revival is. They don't have a, a freaking clue what it is. Oh, Lord. What do you, what, oh, Lord, what? Tell me what you're asking for that hasn't already been done. They used to sing a song in the church of God in Christ. I don't know if they still do. It goes, what more can he do? What more can he do? Laid the foundation, opened up the way. 
What more can he do? There's nothing left for God to do concerning my life or concerning your life. For the word declares, the apostle Peter wrote, he has given unto us all things. How many things? That pertain to what? Well, that covers about everything. If it pertains to life, it's yours. If it pertains to godliness, it's yours. He has not, he will give to us. He has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And so it's not, oh Lord, send revival. I said it this morning. I'll say it till the, the trumpet sounds because, because a lot of people are hard headed, not you, but people on YouTube. <laughs> a lot of people are hard headed and have a hard time getting it. There's nothing more for God to do. We pray at our church. Every day, Tuesday, or I should say every Tuesday through Friday for one hour. We do 21 days of fasting and prayer. We do all night prayer three times. We do all night prayer in January and half night to six in the morning and half night till two in the morning. I'm not maligning prayer, but we're not there. Oh God, send a revival. Send your spirit. Send your spirit. You hear, you know, people mean well, but they'll sing songs like, we need another Pentecost. No, actually the first one's just fine. That fire that went on those people's heads, that fire has never gone out, and that fire never will go out. Can you say amen? I don't have to go looking for the Holy Spirit. Don't say who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down. The gospel is the good news that everything God has has already been released, and you can take it now by faith. Somebody say, what more can he do? So if he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, and the Bible says in that same passage, that you may escape the corruption that came into this world through lust and sin. Everybody say, I can escape it. How did this week end for me? Well, I went to preach in Las Vegas. Next thing you know, I was shirtless on the street (laughs) trying to get some money to, to, to go gamble. I gambled all the ministry money away. I knew I shouldn't have, but that, that crack smelled so enticing. I thought, let me get a little of that, uh, just a little. Next thing I know, my, no. Did this place overwhelm Pastor Rodney and me? No. Were there more people up here than on the gambling floor several nights? Yes. Because light is not subject to darkness, but darkness is subject to light. And Jesus is called the light of the world. And he said, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. But after I leave, ye are the light of the world. Say what the Bible says. Say, I am am the light of the world. world. Now, don't go start a cult. Don't get a bunch of bunk beds from Ikea and have everybody move into your house and start preaching in sunglasses. It's not you're the light of the world by yourself. But we are all, the church is the light, but we are all members in particular. Every one of us has our part to play. But where you go, I don't care. You, you heard a lady we prayed for today. You know, and I'm sure she's right, especially when she told me where she works. She said, there's two witches where I work. I believe her. She told, I won't say where she worked, but I believe her. And uh, it was a school board. I won't say which school board. But I, I believe that because I've, I've seen them playing on that show, Check the News. It is interesting how many people there are on school boards. What are you even doing on the school board when you've never had a child? Some ugly old woman that's never had a child with her hair dyed from Hot Topic. 
passing policy about children. I do believe that. But I'm going to tell you something. What I'm preaching to you, what I'm going to lay hands on you for tonight, is from this day forward, it won't be Christians saying there's two witches at my work, keep me in prayer. There'll be two witches in the forest saying, there's one Christian at my work, please keep me in prayer. But they don't have anybody to pray to that can defeat what's in us. Because what's in us is not subject to the powers of this world, but the powers of this world are subject to the Holy Ghost who lives in you. If you believe it, shout, I receive it. Don't say, who'll go up and bring Christ down? The good news is he already came. Stop praying like God has something to do. Oh, Lord, save Las Vegas. What do you want Jesus to do, come down and die on the cross a second time for Las Vegas? See, most prayer is rooted in ignorance of God's word, I would say, from growing up in church. Oh, Lord. Heal Sister Mary. Jesus up in heaven going, what do you want me to do? Tell me what you want me to do. You want me to come down and take one more whipping on my back? Was the price I paid not enough? Turn to Galatians chapter 3. If you would, media team, get the Dag Haywood Mills Healing Jesus video ready that has the song I like, Broken and Beautiful, not the other one. Galatians 3. Tonight isn't going to be a good night. Tonight already is a good night. It's going to get better. You can feel it. I had my back to the crowd most of the night last night because Dr. Rodney was preaching. I was sitting in the front row. But facing you, I, re- I really do feel like, and I'm not trying to, this, to win the crowd over or whatever. Obviously, you already won over because you're here. But uh, I feel like there are strategic people here and we're actually going to touch a large portion of America from this meeting. You know, there was a lady that got in the elevator with uh, uh, the security guards and me. We were going up. I said, where are you from? She said, I drove here from Los Angeles. And I said, what did it take you, six hours? She said, yeah. I know they say it's three and a half hours from Los Angeles to Las Vegas, but that's on Christmas Eve at two in the morning, and that's about it. <laughs> it's, it's three and a half hours from Las Vegas to, to L.A. if there's no traffic. When's that? you live in Los Angeles now, you basically have to leave for work as soon as your car pulls in the driveway from coming home the night before. So for, you know, I, t- I took that as a sign for somebody to drive six hours. And I said, tell me why you came. They said, because my, my spiritual father, my pastor told me that you need to be in this meeting. And so there's people that are here from all, not just in Las Vegas, there's people here from all over. You know, God had to start a church in Pittsburgh two years ago. How many people from our church? In, I've been seeing them. I didn't even know anyone was coming from our church in Pittsburgh. If you're from Pittsburgh, stand up so everybody can see if you go to Revival Today Church in Pittsburgh. A lot have gone back home, but people came to help out. So there's church people there from our church in Pittsburgh and a bunch of other states. Arizona's here. California's here. Reno's here. That's like Las Vegas with mountains and, no, and less people. There's all kinds of great people here. So I'm not preaching this to spout off at the mouth. If you're going to do something for God in this last hour, where the Bible says men's hearts will fail them because of the fear. Men's hearts will fail them because of the fear. If you have a thimble full 
of bad doctrine in you that you think if somebody's demonized or whatever, they, they oh, oh, we need to pray, get the deacons and the usher and pull somebody in a back room. And there's a lot of that teaching now. You know, I saw one guy, you can sign up for his 40 day deliverance course for $399. Let me tell you something. If you need 40 days to cast the devil out, you need to get born again. You got a problem. Can you say amen? How many know we carry curses in our bloodline? from before we were saved that we don't even know about. What scripture is that? Did you know there's not one prayer in the entirety of the New, of the, of the New Testament post-resurrection? Not one thing in the epistles, read it for yourself if you don't want to believe me, that addresses Satan. There's no prayer to Satan. Paul didn't say to the church in Ephesus, I bind the devil on your behalf. In fact, even when there was a man that was involved in extremely wicked sin in 1 Corinthians, Paul said, what's this I hear that there's a man in your church doing something so wicked even the heathens don't do it, sleeping with his father's wife. He said, tell him to stop, and if he doesn't, I'm going to come and throw him out of the church. He didn't say, I bind the spirit of lust. He basically said in American talk, tell him to knock it off. And if he doesn't, I'll knock it off for him. Can you say Amen. Yeah, so there's, there's none of it. We come against it. No, no, no. You want to know how you come against the devil? There's scriptural ways to come against the devil. It's not prayer marches. You know, I, I don't know why I feel to, to go into this, but since I do, I'm going to. There was a church where they had an, an evangelist that I know, and their women were all having miscarriages and female problems, a lot, like more than not in the church. So when they shared it with the evangelist, they said, this isn't normal. This is in America. He said, what are you folks doing? He said, every weekend, our women lead a march around the abortion clinic and pray. Well, let me tell you something. That's not how you deal with the devil. You don't deal marching around. I know it's getting quiet. If you're going to do a ministry, you better be able to locate it in the Bible or you're going to get messed up. And all this teaching that, about, that, that actually glorifies the power of the devil and gives you non-biblical ways to deal with it is going to mess you up. How many know one of the reasons we're not having success in America is because the, the, the spirits are in the high places. And so we have to get higher. So why don't we rent the top floor at Fountain Blue or Palazzo and get higher than those evil spirits and pray from there and there'll be more power. You know, there was a ministry, not, it wasn't that long. I was in Bible school when it happened. They rented a 757 and packed it with prayer warriors to fly so they could be higher than the principalities and cast them down. Let me tell you something. If you have to be higher than the, than the demons that are in the air to cast them down, it really is phenomenal how many miracles Jesus had at sea level. In fact, Jesus had miracles at the Dead Sea, which is below sea level. It's not where you stand in the physical. It's where you are in the spirit. You're not on the ground. You're not in a plane. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places far above. If you're thankful, take 15 seconds and give the Lord a mighty hand clap and a mighty shout. The devil is defeated. Jesus Christ is king of kings. Lord of lords. And he shall reign forever and ever. I said he shall reign forever and ever. So how do you, did I tell you to turn to Galatians 3? Here's what I would call the linchpin of the whole Bible. Galatians 3, 
13. But Christ has redeemed us. Now, if it said, but Christ will redeem us from all the curse of the law, then I'd, I'd be nervous because that means it's going to happen and I'm kind of in bad shape right now. But it doesn't say he's going to do it. If it said Christ is redeeming us, present, uh, I wish my English teacher was here that goes to my church in Pittsburgh. <laughs> present, I'm trying to think of what they call it in English class where it's like present and present and continual tense. What, what, what does somebody say? No, no, present, continual tense. Christ is redeeming us from all the curse of the law. So in other words, there's work that needs continually done. So I'm going to be in kind of a struggle this whole time. But it doesn't say that. It doesn't say Christ will redeem us. It doesn't say Christ is redeeming us. It says Christ, what? Has what? Has redeemed us. So let's take the the two words. Has redeemed. E-D is past tense. If... I'm going, if I tell my wife, I'm going to clean the house, I told, I told, asked you to help me clean the house. I'm going to. That means I'm, I might sometime, but I haven't now. But if, if I say I've cleaned it, then I'm either lying or there's nothing left to clean. Can you say amen? amen. And God's not a liar. Jesus not only is not a liar, he is the truth. And there's no lies in him. Christ in the King James, hath redeemed. In the newer translation, has already redeemed. Who? Us. Everybody say me. me. The more personal you make the Bible, I say when I'm preaching from the pulpit, I'm going to say us because you're trying to get the people blessed. But when I read it for me, when it says in John three sixteen, God so loved the world, I read it me. God loved Jonathan Shuttlesworth so much. That he spared not his only son, but he gave his only begotten son. That if Jonathan Shuttlesworth, because it says whosoever. You know, there's an old Baptist hymn. The, the, the guy that was writing that hymn must have found the same sweet spot I found. And it just blew up in his spirit and he wrote a song. Because the only words are, whosoever surely meaneth me. That's a song from the 19th century. Whosoever surely meaneth me. In other words, every time I see whosoever in the Bible, that means me. I can put my name, that whosoever believeth in him, that means me, anybody that wants to. Well, that's me. That includes me. That if Jonathan Shuttlesworth believes in him, he will not perish, but Jonathan Shuttlesworth will have everlasting life because Jesus did that for me. Everybody say, Jesus did that for me. But that's not all he did for you. There's a package deal. Well, I'm in the hotel capital of the world. If you check into a hotel and you, you are a member with that hotel, or you check in with like American Express points or Chase Manhattan points. When you check in, they say, before you go to your room, let me tell you some things that come with your room. You have a $100 daily breakfast credit. If you don't use it, it goes unused. But every day you can order $100 worth of breakfast to your room and not pay. Well, that's nice to know. Then secondly, you have a spa credit. You have $60 to use at our spa anytime that you want. Thirdly, you don't have to check out at noon. You can check out at 4 p.m., and if you need later than that, let us know. Perks like that. Well, you know, just like there's things that come, 
with being an American Express member or Chase Manhattan member. There are things that come with salvation. You know, actually the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, I pray that you would realize that you're meant for better things, comma, things that come with salvation. There are things that come with your salvation. Sadly, some people, if they've heard anything about salvation, they've only heard about heaven. So they're basically getting their butt kicked their whole life, waiting for one day to die, and then get the blessing on the other side. But if you'll crack that Bible open, you'll read that there's things that came with your salvation. It's not a breakfast credit. It's not a late checkout. But there's peace. There's joy. There's healing. There's protection. There's power over the devil. There's an overflowing cup. And I'm telling you, in Las Vegas, you're going to walk out of here enjoying things that come with salvation. If you believe it, can you shout yes? Yes. Well, what comes with it? Galatians 3.13. But Christ has redeemed me. Somebody say, "I I am redeemed. Well, that sounds anointed. I bet you, I want to normally say as a preacher, I bet you, but preaching in a casino, I want to use different terminology. I would bet you that if you, you know, you hear people say, I battle depression, and they do. I battle this. Faith is loose primarily through your mouth. Death and life is in the power of the now, I'm going to tell you, there's things that you, if you let them come out of your mouth, you cannot battle things other people battle. Because like a fish can't survive outside of water, a demon cannot survive in an atmosphere where the word of God is being spoken. That's a fact. I find it interesting that it wasn't a demon that came to tempt Jesus in the wilderness. It was Satan himself. And Jesus was in a physically weakened condition. The Bible says he ate nothing and drank nothing for 40 days and 40 nights. Luke chapter 4. And Satan, not a demon, Satan himself came. And tempted him. When Satan said the first thing, what did Jesus do? Begin to pray in speed tongues or emergency tongues? Did he have a praise and worship team play? Did he ask the disciples to gather around him? All the stuff that people teach that's like something to deal with demons. How? Here's a thought. How did Jesus, the Son of God, deal with Satan? How much of the word did he have to use? One scripture. It is written. The devil wouldn't argue. The devil changed the subject. For the word of God is quick and powerful. Somebody say quick and powerful. Somebody say sharper than any two-edged sword. It is written. Devil changed the subject. Second time. It is written. I'll tell you another thing about the Bible. All scripture, the Bible says, is God breathed. And then if you read the Bible, when Jesus comes back, how is he going to destroy the Antichrist? Are they going to have a five-round bout on pay-per-view in an octagon? And Jesus is going to land a lucky punch in the fourth round? No. He'll destroy him by the breath of his mouth. Everybody say the breath of his mouth. And the splendor of his coming. Jesus will destroy the Antichrist by the breath of his mouth. And the Bible says all scripture is what? 
God breathed. The same power that will destroy the Antichrist, the false prophet, and the beast is in the Word of God. And when you loose it out of your mouth, you are loosing a power that the devil has no capacity to do anything about. When you don't know what to do, speak the Word only. Somebody say, speak the Word. That's right. You know, when Satan came after Jesus, he didn't wave banners. It is written. Second temptation. It is written. Third temptation. And the devil went, oh, shucks, that was the best three I got. And the Bible says, don't miss this. Then Satan left him alone for a season. There's some Christians that think life's about being under continual attack, but you can find from that scripture, there's a season when you resist the enemy that the enemy has to leave you alone. And Satan left him alone for a season. Now, I'm telling you right now, that's the season we're in in America. That's why when I hear of wars and rumors of wars, it's not time for that. Because the devil launched his best assault 2020 through 2023. But the church resisted him and he failed. Some of you say, I was the only one. Even if you were, you standing your ground caused it to come to naught. Some of you were the only one at your job that said, I'm not putting up with this. I'm not doing it. And when you did that, three other people, five other people saw your courage and said, we're standing with you. And one believer knock the whole thing down in the whole company. Well, guess what? I've got news for the powers of hell. You swung with your best shot and you missed, but now it's not your season. The pendulum has swung the other way and it's time for the church to seize this window and do what God's called her to do. Come on, if you're a part of that end time church, let the devil hear your hand clap. Let the devil hear your shout. I hear the sound of the armies of the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout a living hallelujah. Say this scripture with me. Resist the devil and he will flee. Don't say resist the devil and he might flee. It says resist the devil and he will flee devil won't leave me alone. If he's not leaving you alone, you're not resisting according to the Bible. So you have to resist. And you resist. You don't resist like this. You resist. Now, anybody has to. The enemy goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He'll test you. My, I was playing video games one night. Sorry, I'll make myself sound more spiritual. I was praying for missionaries one night. And my daughter came over. And she looked troubled on her face. And I said, uh, I took one of my earphones off and paused the I said, what's wrong? She said, um, Dad, have you ever doubted whether you're saved? I said, when I was your age, sometimes when I was getting ready to go to sleep, I would get troubled. It's almost like I'd, I'd hear a voice saying, how do you know you'll go to heaven? How do you know when the trumpet sounds you're going to go up? I said, is that what happened to you? Yes. I said, uh, well... How do you know you're saved? She said, will you pray for me? I said, no, I'm not going to settle this with prayer. See, people use the wrong key to, or the right key to unlock the wrong door. It's a good key. Prayer does a lot of things, but there's other things prayer can't do. There's no prayer that substitutes for disobedience. You can't pray your way 
out of disobedience. If God's asked you to do something, you pray all you want. It's not going to happen. You have to do what God told you to do. So you can't use prayer as a universal key to unlock every door. So people, I need prayer. No, you actually need a word foundation. Because one day, and that one day will be tomorrow. I won't be there to pray for you. So if your Christianity is based on somebody else praying for you, you're going to have a rough life. Because I can't always be around. Your pastor, no matter how good your pastor is, can't always be around. There's nothing wrong with feeding a child that's 14 months old. And it spits out the baby food and you scoop it up, put it back in its mouth and help it. There's nothing wrong with caring for that child. But, you know, if I'm 31 and we have dinner guests over and I go up to use the bathroom and then come out and lean over the room and say, Adalis, I'm done. There's a problem. Because by the age of 43, you need to learn how to wipe your own rear end. Now, I probably could think of a better analogy to get the point across. But sadly, that already came out of my mouth. When somebody's been saved two weeks or six weeks or three months, I treat them differently. They're what the Bible calls a babe or a baby in Christ. But the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, it says, let's not, Hebrews chapter 6, verse, beginning at verse 1. Let us not go over the basics of Christianity again and again. God willing, let us grow up. It would say grow up and become mature in our understanding. So think of this. If God wanted the system to be that you, you come and have someone pray for you when you're in trouble, then there's no need for Jesus to ever have come. Because that system was already in place. Where there was a high priest, you come tell the high priest, and the high priest makes intercession for you. And for some reason, people have wanted to stay under that. Can I get prayer? That's why, and I'll tell you why it's an inferior system. I'm a preacher's kid. I've paid attention to different modes of operation, and I've paid attention to which ones work best. When you teach people that inferior way, that's why you can go to most full gospel churches and say, who needs prayer tonight? Raise your hand. And every hand goes up. Who needs a breakthrough tonight? Every hand goes up. There's nothing wrong with needing prayer. There's nothing wrong with going for breakthrough. But when every single person in the church is crying in need of prayer, something's wrong. I said something's wrong. Because the Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. So what's wrong? Let's find out what's wrong and deal with it. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10. A final word. Be strong in the Lord. I'm trying to be strong. This is anything about you being strong in your own strength. Say with me, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, how can that be a scripture? And in a, I don't know about a majority, but in, well, just to be safe, I'll say in many churches tomorrow, you're going to hear statements that are the exact opposite. How many know the Lord wants us weak and broken? It's in that place of brokenness that we really find him. Where, what are you, where is that? Where is that in the Bible? If God wanted us weak and broken, there was no need, re, reason for Jesus to come. Sin had weakened and broken man. True or false? Do you know what the opposite of weak is? 
Okay. What does it say here? Be weak in the Lord. Be what? So if the Bible, now don't go leaving here and saying that guy that was preaching in his grandmother's sport coat said that we can be strong. I didn't write the book of Ephesians. I wish I did, but I didn't. This is the word of God. So well, that guy said we can be strong. That guy said we can have power. This guy didn't say any original thought tonight. All I did was yell the Bible at you. The Bible says. Everybody say the Bible says. Not be weak in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And I've got good news for you in Las Vegas. If the Bible tells you to be strong, God's not an idiot. He makes the power available to be strong and do what the Bible says. Today is the weakest that you'll ever be. You're leaving out of this place strong in the Lord and the power of his might. If you believe it, shout, I receive it. Now, what do you do when you feel weak? Say this out loud. I'm never wrong when I quote God. I feel weak. Don't say how you feel. Say what the Bible says. So when you feel weak, that's the time to put your hand on your belly and say, thank you, Father, that your word says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I receive that strength in Jesus' name. If you receive that, go ahead. Clap your hands one more time in this great ballroom. Give the Lord a mighty shout. Be strong. You're coming out of here strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on all God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all. How many? Every strategy and trick of the devil. So God made provision available for you to stand against every strategy and trick of the devil. I mean, no, we all miss it sometimes. Quit saying that. That's the main way you're missing it is by making allowance to miss it. You can say, I have missed it, but I'm not missing it anymore. I've made mistakes, but we all make, no, I made them. I'm not making them uh, anymore. I'm going to walk the path that God has for me. If you receive that today, can you say amen? amen? Put on all God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies and tricks of the devil. So just on that verse, I know that though the devil has strategies and tricks by wisdom, by strength, and by other means of help, angelic help, God will give me all things that pertain to life and godliness, that though attacks come, I can stand against the attack. Are there tests in life? Yes. Were there tests in school? But how come you're not 50 and still repeating 11th grade? Because though there's tests, you can pass the test. My daughter, if, if you ever meet her, she's the most positive little girl that you'd ever meet. She's got the highest self-esteem I've ever seen in my life. She's just flying on cloud nine. You, you can't, you can't bring her down. She came up to me and uh, she was having a little trouble in math. And by a little trouble, I mean a lot of trouble. So her mother worked with her and got her doing better. She wasn't doing good. So then she comes up to me. She had had a test in math. I had helped her with it. I had helped her with studying for it. So I said, how'd the test go today? She said, good. Well, then she got the grade back at the end of the week. And so I said, did you get your grade on that test today? She said, yeah. I said, how was the test? She went, it was easy. I got a C. 
And I thought to myself, you either don't know what easy means or you don't know what C is not for congratulations. <laughs> and you know, most of that's my fault. I just, you know, there were some classes I didn't do too great in and it hasn't affected me much. You can Google most things. Once you learn how to read, you can look up the rest on YouTube. There was one time her mom was upset because she, she didn't do too hot in school. This was a, a couple years ago. And Camila came home crying and, and Adele said, go up and show your father your report card. So she went up and showed him the report card. It wasn't good. But then I thought, you know what? It's second grade. Who cares? I'm not going to meet too many people. If we go out on the street, one street off the strip, and there's some drug addict bent over, I'm going to say, what, what happened? Back in second grade, I got a D in social studies and it was straight to drugs from there. So you can recover from a bad second grade report card. So when she brought it up, I thought, you know what? I, I, I doubtless probably corrected her enough. So I'm going to find something positive. And I looked around and in gym, it said A plus. So when I looked at it, I went, wow, somebody knocked it out of the park in gym. And her face changed. I said, how did you get an A plus? Went, I just lined up where they told me and did, did the jumping jack. I pray that everybody tonight that's been beat up by life, the Lord's going to show you the path forward. You're not going to leave here carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. You're going to come out saying it was easy. I got to see. Can you say amen? I like that. Everybody say it's easy. I got to see. You know, she was getting an F in math. So seize progress. You know what most Christians do? The fact that they're not, I'm doing a little better, but no, why don't you start, thank you, God. I'm not all where I should be yet, but I'm sure not where I used to be. I'm in a casino, not blackout drunk. I'm in a revival meeting on a Saturday night because I used to be getting an F, but now I'm getting C's and I'm on to straight to A tonight. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody say, the test is easy. That's right. God's going to give you help. Say, there's tests in life, but I can pass the test. Say it like you mean it. There's tests in life, but I can pass the test. That's right. That's why the Bible says the Holy Spirit's a paraclete. He's a helper. You're not going to take the test on your own. Jesus is going to help you when you face the test. And then you're going to come out the other side with your faith being purified as gold tried by fire. It amazed me how many preachers said that God sent COVID as a judgment uh, for whatever, abortion. You know, if God was going to judge abortion, what's he going to send a disease that kills people that are 80 and over primarily? You're mad about abortion? You're going to drop people dead that haven't been on a date in 65 years? Sickness is not of God. I said sickness is not of God. Disease is not of God. Healing is from God. Miracles are of God. I want to tell everybody in Nevada, God's not looking to curse you. God's looking to bless you. Jesus redeemed you from all the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us, that the blessing of Abraham would come upon all who believe. Say, I'm not cursed. I am blessed. Now lift your hands and begin to thank God wherever you're at. Just lift your hands and begin to thank God out of your mouth. The Lord is good. Come on, thank him. Open up your mouth and thank him. The Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. The Lord is good. 
and his mercy endures forever. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thank you for love. Thank you for power. Thank you for soundness of mind. Thank you for explosive growth in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ from coast to coast this year. In Jesus' name. Say something with me. Say death and life is in the power of the tongue. So it's not enough just to know these things. You speak them. You will, then you'll be able to stand firm against every strategy and trick of the devil. See, I haven't even expounded just that. Has people happy and clapping like a seal at SeaWorld. Because it's true. The Word of God carries power. Now, the last successful attack the devil had against your life will be the last successful attack he ever has against your life. Because you're leaving out of this meeting armed with the knowledge of God. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. When Paul taught on the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, he started it off by saying, Brethren, I would not have you ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. See, God, Lester Summerall had a great quote in his book, Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit. He quoted that scripture and he, and he wrote, God can't bless ignorance. He can only bless intelligence. So that's why, for some reason, many people, not you, but many people in the body of Christ have been content to be ignorant. Oh, Lord, move in thy way. Move, if, move how you want. Lord, we have an order of service, but thou art welcome to move. As if God is just doing his own thing, God works in cooperation with you. See, there's nobody that says, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know jack squat about healing, but God just heals people in my meetings. When you read R.W. Shambach and Oral Roberts and, and whoever else you want to read, they started to get a hunger to see people healed. And the Lord didn't say, oh, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Where did the Lord lead them? To his word. And as they studied his word, the revelation started to pop out of the word, and they started to discover things and say, wait a minute, I used to think this, but the Bible says this. And then they'd start to preach it. And as they preached it to the people, the Bible says God watches over his word. One translation says to perform it. Another translation says to confirm it. Old preachers would say, you get what you preach. What they mean is, if you lay enough of God's word out on a subject, God's not going to let the word just lay there. The Holy Spirit comes behind the word to show people that when he said he's a healer, he is a healer. That power is coming to you right now. I said that power is coming to you right now in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout amen like thunder. Say it out loud. The last battle that I lost will be the last battle I ever lose. How many know life's... Now, pick, pick, pick your side. You can't root for the Chiefs and the 49ers. You got to pick one. And you can't have two things. A dub, say this out loud. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And then it finishes by saying, let not that man expect to receive anything from God. So the Bible actually tells you a class of person that can be sure they're not going to receive anything from God. A double-minded man. So if you're going to sit in my meeting tonight and say, the last battle I ever lost will be the last battle I ever lose, and then go somewhere tomorrow and say, how many know life's full of mountains and valleys? And sometimes after victories come defeats. 
okay, that, that, then that's on you. Don't even blame the devil. You said that. You made a choice to believe that, and you said that. But I, I made a choice a while back, and I think I got a lot of people on this train with me tonight. I'm going to believe the word only. I'm going to meditate on the word only. And I'm going to speak the word only. We don't go by how we feel, but I feel God's presence in here, and it feels great. Somebody say, I, I make a choice to believe the word, to meditate on the word, and to speak the word. The man in the gospel said, speak the word only, and I know my servant will be healed. Just say the word. Death and life's in the power of the tongue. Your faith will never rise higher than your confession. Nobody's faith ever rises higher than their confession. You can't read, I'm, I'm victorious, and confess, Mount, life's full of mountains and valleys. You know, I used to, when I preached up until last year, I used to say, people say life's full of mountains and valleys, but this isn't geography class. But, you know, I was in Colorado for the first time uh, last September, first time I ever went. And then I went to the Rocky Mountain National Park, and I found out there's something that even in geography, it's called multiple peaks. You don't have to, when you're driving in the Rocky Mountains, you don't go to a peak, drive straight back down to zero sea level, and then go up again. There's a peak, then there's a higher peak. You actually never descend the whole drive. You go from peak to peak. And when I was riding that, and, it, and I saw that we're actually going higher and higher, two scriptures came to me. Proverbs 4.18, the path of the upright. In the, in the Amplified, it says the path of the uncompromisingly righteous. Everybody say uncompromisingly righteous. That's you. Say, that's me. I mean, no, we're all sinners. No. Speak for yourself. I'm, I'm what the Bible calls uncompromisingly righteous. I will not bow my knee to Baal. I won't kiss his face. I don't go anything that even has the smell of sin on it. I'm not, I'm not touching. I don't go to parties. I heard one Christian guy saying I was at a party in Hollywood and I saw, I saw sex going on when I walked in and I thought, well, I guess that's just what they do here and kept, let's see, you're compromised. You've lived in Sodom long enough that you're getting comfortable with it like Lot and Lot's wife. But while you live in this world and show love to sinners, you have to maintain a disdain for the things that this world is not my home. I said, this world is not my home. I'm a traveler passing through. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. I might look like everybody else, but I'm not like everybody else. I am a born-again, blood-bought child of God. And though I live in this world, I'm not of this world. And I'm telling every one of you here tonight, the fact that you're up here instead of down there says something. You might have used to be something, but you're not today who you used to be. You're a born-again daughter of God, born again, son of God. You might look like everybody else, but you're not like everybody else, and you have a blessing on your life. One more time, shout a living hallelujah. hallelujah. So don't, don't come here and listen to victory, and then start saying, we all have ups and downs. How I many know we all sin? No, we've all sinned. But it doesn't say we all sin, continuous present tense. In fact, say it so the devil can hear you. Say, I don't sin. I have dominion over sin. No, but I do. You're not right now. 
I've had people tell me, people are like so rooted in that. They, they, they can't, they can't like turn their mind. Brother Jonathan, you said we don't sin, but I do sin. I said, are you sinning right now? I battle alcohol. You battling it right now? I don't see a bottle in your hand. Well, yeah, no, I actually, actually I haven't had anything to drink this whole week because I've been so busy at these meetings. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Now, take what you did the last three days, do it four more days. That's called a week. Do that 51 more times. That's called a year. Do it 75 more times and you're dead. That's called a lifetime. So it's not putting this thing about just every day. You lay yourself on the altar of sacrifice, put your flesh under submission to your spirit, and, but you don't make allowance. What you open a door for, the devil walk through that door. If you say it's flu season, you're going to enjoy the flu. If you say, I sin, you're opening a door with your mouth. But your mouth's turning around today. I said your mouth's turning around today. You're not going to say, I sin. You're going to say, I'm righteous. I'm healed. I'm blood-bought. I have the shield of faith. I have dominion over the devil. I'm not depressed. I set people free from depression and all the power of the devil. Come on, I feel that rising in your spirit. Say, I'm free from all the power of the devil. I mean, now life's full of ups and downs. Yours will be. Mine's not. The Bible doesn't have as a verse, life's full of ups and downs. You did that. Caleb DJs are not apostles. I mean, no, oh, Tuesdays are hard days. Uh, that's not a scripture. Can you say amen? Can you say better amen? Man, you listen to some Christian radio, you'd be better off putting on journey, don't stop believing. I get more annoyed listening to Eye of the Tiger from the Rocky soundtrack than half the Christian music they're putting out. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 1, verse 1, blessed is the man that doesn't sit around with scorners or join in with mockers. There's people who don't mean to be scorners or mockers, but their words mock the word of God. I know you went to that meeting out in Las Vegas. You think everything's going to be different now. But you know, you have to be real. You know, I believe the Bible too, but I'm also a realist. So the Bible's not real? Someone, you know, somebody should just settle it. If this is a collection of Hallmark card phrases to keep you encouraged, then I'm done. I'm not going around to encourage people. If this thing doesn't work, then tough luck. I'm sick. Well, tough. I'm not encouraging people with false hope. If the Bible doesn't work, then preachers are actually, should, should be, take a beating. And see, that's why people that hate preachers feel that way. They're just going around encouraging people with false hope and making them feel better about life. But we're not. Because God's word is not positive talk. It's living power. And when you speak it to people, the Bible doesn't say it encourages them and helps their emotions. It says not positivity comes from hearing the word, not Happiness comes from the word. Faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you hear the word, it does not go into your head. It goes into your heart. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, 
confession is made to salvation. As the scriptures say, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Another translation says, never be disappointed. I wish I could make my dad morph here supernaturally and just pass the mic to him right now. Because I watched. My dad, see, I waited a while before I had my first daughter. We didn't have any kids for the first while I was in the ministry. But my dad had me right away with my mom. We had no home for the first five years of his ministry. He preached all year. When he wasn't preaching, we'd go stay at my grandparents' house. We didn't even have an apartment. Didn't have money to get an apartment. And I watched my dad refuse to drop his confession to the level of where we were living. He wouldn't say it's hard in evangelism. He wouldn't say these churches don't treat preachers. He never complained. I'm not saying that to glorify my dad. I am telling you, as his son that lived in his house, he never complained. I never heard my father say anything negative ever. Thank you, Lord, for food to eat. Even if it was McDonald's or whatever else, or some garbage gift basket that, that, that a church left us with nine-day-old fruit. Thank you, Lord, for food to eat. Thank you, Lord, for a vehicle to drive. Thank you for opportunities to preach. Lord, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. And whether he knew it or not, he got on the David track. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Bless the Lord, I tell myself, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives, this is Psalm 103, 1 to 5, who forgives all my sins and heals I mean, anybody that calls this place Sin City, somebody should slap them. I can't even say half a scripture without you people beating me to the punch. Who heals how many of my diseases? He ransoms my life from, he ransoms me from death. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. That's how my dad talked. With long life will I satisfy. You know, we couldn't afford health insurance. We not only couldn't afford health insurance, we couldn't afford to go to the, the clinic for, for, for poor people. Because when you go to that clinic, they still would charge you back. You know, now it'd be, what, $39, $61. Back then, probably $17. They didn't have that. When I would get sick, my dad would anoint me with oil. I got anointed with oil so much, when I was a teenager, I had acne in the shape of a cross. <laughs> Anointing oil-induced acne, A-O-I-A. <laughs> Glad you think I'm joking. I'm not joking. My dad would anoint me with oil, and he'd put his hands on me, on my head, and say, Father, you said that if we serve you, you will take sickness and disease out of our midst. The number of our days we will fulfill. I ask you, I'm taking you at your word. Heal my son. Thank you for protecting my son and my family in Jesus' name. And then when he got done praying, I don't remember any times where I was immediately better. My dad would tell me, go up and lay down and go to sleep. And when you wake up, you're going to be better. And when I woke up, well, you know how the story ends. I'm not giving this speech as a ghost. I've come back from the dead to tell you. No. Every time I'd wake up with a cold sweat. Then I, as I'm telling you, and then I remember one time when I was 15 and I wasn't feeling good. I said, Dad, I need you to anoint me with oil and pray for me. And he told me. He said, I'll do it this time. But you're going to have to start developing your own faith to stand against this stuff. And he told me, it's kind of a weird command to give someone. He said, quit getting sick. 
Oh, well, I agree with you in principle, but I need to learn how to do that. And so he put, he said, all right, I'll pray for you this time. But I want you to start from now on, start to develop your own faith to stand. And maybe that's coming back to me because what my dad did to me at 15, the Lord's doing on this final night. Thank God for everybody that's prayed for you. Thank God for everybody that's preached the word to you. But now God's calling his church to come up higher, come up higher. People have stood with you, but now it's time for you to start standing and breaking people out of their bondage. I see you coming to another level tonight where you're no longer a community prayer project. Keep me in prayer. Y'all keep me in prayer. Somebody help. No, the devil's going to check for you under his bed before he goes to sleep at night because you're leaving out of here with a revelation that Jesus lives in me. I can do a, I don't get sick. I heal the sick. Come on, if you know that's you, do what you're already doing. Take 15 seconds. Clap your anointed hands. Give God a mighty shout. I hear the sound of the armies of the Lord. Say it out loud. What I expect, I experience. You expect up and downs, the devil will be happy to accommodate you. Think of it. I'm not better than, than, than other people. I'm saying this. But I do, I do know more out of the Bible than some people, and it's helped me. If I was a normal evangelist, I'd say, we're going to Sin City. Devil's going to be attacking. I don't go to a city and expect an attack. I go to a city and expect what God told Joshua. Wherever the sole of your foot will tread, you'll be on land that I've given to you. <laughs> say it out loud. The expectation, the expectation. of the righteous will not be cut off. If I came here expecting attacks from the devil, I'm sure I'd have been attacked left, right, and center. You actually invited into your own life. I could, I could have come here with a story tonight where my eyes swollen. You know, when I was leaving the meeting last night, I was attacked on my way to the car. And, you know, I expected it. I got what I expected. Those missions trips that our churches would take to the Dominican Republic or whatever, you know, we could be killed at any time. And the water can't be drank there. And many of you are going to get sick here. That what? We, you grew up in churches like that. They'd all come back. Well, many, most of us were sick the whole time. And uh, it was all stories of sickness. And basically, they were just praying for each other. They didn't minister to anybody. Just trying to pray for the, the missions team. Anybody, anybody ever hear stories like that besides me? Come back like, hey, did you do any ministry? No. We were all sick praying for each other. And then if you rewind the, v, the VHS to the service before they left. What were they saying? We're going to go there. You know, there's a lot of sickness there. There's a lot of malaria there. But what happens when you start to expect the opposite? See, there's not a curse for obedience. There's a blessing for obedience. When the Lord spoke to me to do this meeting, I expected the blessing of God to be on it. And there was. We got a call. I mean, you put out that goofy ad with me as Al Pacino and Pastor Rodney as Marlon Brando. You'd think nobody would come. And in one day, this great security firm, one of the top security firms in the U.S., we want you guys. We want to volunteer to do security for that event. See, I, I, I didn't expect them to do that, but I did expect there would be like breadcrumbs of reward that show you're on the right path. Can I tell you something? From now through December 31st, your life is going to be littered with markings that God's blessing is on every aspect of your life. 
Somebody say, no more ups and downs. Say, from glory to glory. Victory to victory. And strength to strength. That's what the Bible says. Say it one more time. From glory to glory. Come on loud. Victory to victory. Strength to strength. Tell the devil, that's where I'm going. And no devil can stop me. Now clap your hands and rejoice under the Lord. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Oh, you sound good. How many feel victory in here? The last defeat you saw will be the last defeat you ever see. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, I expect. I expect a miracle. I expect goodness and mercy to follow me every day of my life. As soon as that security firm called, now we're friends. I spent a good amount of time with, with my friends after the service. They're all Christians, like real Christians. One of the officers has a chaplaincy for law enforcement. They were telling me the average, the average person has witnesses four to seven traumatic events in their lifetime, and a police officer witnesses 400 to 700. That's right. I mean, if you see one person get shot in the head your whole life, it, 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 it's hard. You remember it your whole life. Imagine seeing it three times before Wednesday. Oh, yeah. So then the Lord's using him to minister to those LEOs. You don't have to be a preacher wearing your grandma's sports coat <laughs> to minister to people. God will use you in law enforcement. God will use you in the construction world. God will use you wherever your foot will tread. Can I tell you, I'm not saying this to be positive. I'm telling you the truth. There's not one person in here that doesn't matter. There's not one person in here that we don't need. Well, are you doing or not? No. We need all hands on deck. We need every mother. We need every father. Every grandfather and grandmother that the devil's lied to and told you, you know, it's basically over. Too bad you didn't know that when you were young. No, no. The Bible says in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. Your old men will dream dreams. That means instead of winding down, something will ignite on the inside of you. They'll say, I'm not done yet. I'm going to give the devil one more round and remind him that 2,000 years ago, he got his butt kicked on the cross of Jesus Christ. Get ready for one more run. Say it out loud. I don't expect defeat. I expect a miracle. I expect favor. Well, those guys finished calling from the security firm. And then we get a call from a local hotel here from the owner. Heard you guys are coming there. I watched Check the News. I watched Dr. Rodney. Will you meet with me while you're there? If you had told me sooner, I'd have let you use my hotel. Met with the president. I never met with a hotel president in my life. Met with one today. We'd love to have you. We'd rent the whole hotel out with your people, and you can do it here. Cleanest hotel in Las Vegas, right downtown where we want to do it. Although, and I, and I want to, and then look at this. Imagine, I wonder how this meeting would have gone if I had some kind of expectation. Well, we're doing this in a casino. They're not going to like it. No. Why treat people like that? The people at the plaza, this place has been great. It's been the easiest meeting. If I've done an easier one, I can't remember it. Because I'm not expecting hardship. I would expect hardship if I decided to leave my wife for another woman, start dabbling in drugs and drinking. If I went down the path of sin, the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard, but the path of the upright. Everybody say, I'm changing directions. 
That's right. I'm not on the road of, of sin. I'm on the road of, I'm on the straight and narrow path, hallelujah, of righteousness. And I expect a blessing. Hotel guy calls. And then whatever else has, has happened and transpired while we're here, and there'll be more before we leave. I was, when I went to Angola with Bishop Dagg, I told my nephew, I said, now watch this, just to prove to you what I preach. We're going to a third world nation. I said, most Americans would say, well, we're going there. There's no money. And I'm not even the preacher. I said, God doesn't need me to preach to bless me. He blesses me because I'm his son. Amen. I said, watch how God is going to do something to bless us before we leave. I had a, I had a connecting flight, flight in Luanda. And uh, one of our partners, I don't know how I have a partner in Luanda, Angola, but I do. And she said, can I meet with you and your nephew at the lounge? She said, I have clearance. She's a high up business person. I said, how do you know me? She said, do you remember when you preached in South Africa? She said, I was 20 years old and the Lord spoke to me to sow. I'm not taking an offering. I know if you say too much about money. I'm just telling you what happened. She said, I sowed a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand rand at 20 years old, believing for increase. And she said, told me the story that a company she was working for was having trouble negotiating an oil deal from South Korea to Angola. She was at a party and the daughter of, of, of uh, the prime minister was at the party she was at. And they began talking. She met the dad and she negotiated the oil deal between the two countries at 21. She said, for that deal, they gave me 6% of the, of, of the deal, a national oil deal. She said, I have so much money flowing in. She showed it. It's all, I mean, it's all legit. And I, I, she wasn't asking for an investment anyway. She said, I have so much money flowing in that I've started other companies. Because you're not going to put it in a, in a bank. We're going to say you want to put it in a bank in Africa. I don't, I don't do it in America either. Amen. <laughs> so then they started. She said, I, it's forced me to get involved in companies. To have some place to put my money. And then she, now these companies that I was basically just putting my money in so it'd have a place to go and not get stolen. The companies are exploding. She's 30 years old into gold, diamonds, oil from one sea. And she said, I wanted to meet with you. She has clearance because she does airport work uh, for the airport, supplies them with, with power. She comes in at 30 years old to the first class lounge and said, I brought this for your wife and had major high-end fashion clothes in a bag and said, I want you to give this to your wife for you. And I held, when she left, I held it up to Jay and I said, see, there's no place on earth that the Bible doesn't work. If God sent me to Antarctica, somebody come there with their hand up and said, excuse me, were you in Las Vegas last year? I came here on a dog sled because I want to tell you about something God did for me and I want to bless your life. Can I tell you something? The same way some of you have tried to run from a curse your whole life and you never could. Now it's going to be a different. Now it's not going to be you running away from a curse. It's going to be a blessing that's running after you no matter where you go, no matter what country you're in, no matter who's the president. You're going to be blessed every day of every week for the word declares, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Come on, if you receive that one more time, put those hands together. Come on, let's take some time and clap our hands. Lift him up for he's worthy. Don't expect curse. Expect a blessing. Don't expect trouble. Expect the hand of God.
Say out loud, I expect a miracle. Say, I don't expect trouble. I cause trouble for the devil. You know, if you're on the move for God, that's how you should feel. Robbers aren't going outside tonight hoping they don't get robbed. They're doing the robbing. Nobody tells a robber, you know, it's dangerous out there. I know, I'm the reason why. And Christians have such a sit back and hope nothing happens. They're so risk adverse. I want you to see yourself as a holy agent of trouble for the kingdom of hell. I'm not worried about what the devil's doing. If the devil's smart and he's not, he should be worried about what I'm planning. He can plan whatever he wants. The Lord has power to kick his legs out from under him at will. The plans of the wicked will not succeed, but the plans of the righteous shall be established. Who cares what the devil's doing? The devil's going to learn there is a church in Las Vegas that has not bowed to Baal, that has not kissed his face. And you're going to do great things for God. I said you're going to do great things for God. Say it one more time. The enemy is defeated. What do you expect in life? What do you say out loud? I have a Bible expectation for my life. It's not being positive. I expect what the Bible says. I have. I expect it because God's not a liar. So I'm not his business partner. I'm not holding him to task just because he's not a liar. If you said you were going to do these things, and I know you're not a liar, I have an expectation of a reward as I obey you. And that's how faith works. Faith works on two platforms. Both have to be in place. Without faith, it is impossible. to do what? Many people talk about faith all the time. Mm. Mostly because it's impossible to please God without it. <laughs> then it tells you the two platforms it works on. Anyone that wants to come to him successfully must believe that he is. If you go on my YouTube channel, assuming they leave it up, I have a, a, a message I did called Knowing God by His Names. Must believe that He is. Not that there is a God, that He is who He said He is. You know God by His names. I am Jehovah Rapha. Not I, I'm God and I heal. I am healing. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. I'm El Shaddai. The God of more, I mean, no, God will meet the need. No, he didn't say Amel Shaddai, the God who meets the need. He said Amel Shaddai, the many-breasted one, the one who has more than enough for all my children. He said, I'm Jehovah, your victory. I'm Jehovah, your righteousness. I mean, no, we all have sin. No, God is my righteousness. So you know God by his word. Must believe that he is, and equally important, that he is a? So not only is it not wrong to expect a reward from God for doing what he tells you to do, it's wrong not to because your faith doesn't work right. Faith can only work if it has an expectation of a reward from God. God doesn't reward sometimes. God is a rewarder. Your child doesn't have to give you a reason to get some food. You bless your child because you love your child if you're, if you're not a wicked father. And so most people have a beggar, oh Lord, I'll just ask you this one time, then I'll never, but that's not it. God, say God loves me. Now, the Bible says, if he would not withhold even his only son, 
how much more will he give us all these other things? Somebody's not going to sacrifice their son to save your life and then say, I know you need a new car, but that's about enough. No, the fact that he gave his son shows how he feels about you. If I already gave you my best, anything else you ask for or that life requires is less than what I've already provided you. Can you say amen? Amen. Can you say a better amen? Amen. My daughter, from the time she was in my wife's womb, was in church. My wife traveled with me everywhere back then, and uh, I preached noon and seven every day. So Camila, from the time she was in the womb, actually, my wife would put on me preaching to help her go to sleep, which makes no sense because you'd think yelling would keep her up, but it was like soothing because it was what she heard in the womb. So Camila had heard a lot of preaching by the time she was two and a half So one time, I think that was the first time my wife entrusted me enough to be home with my daughter by myself. Not because I'm abusive, because I'm incompetent. Amen. But I'm getting better. Well, Camila had heard so much preaching like this, that she was hungry and she went to the refrigerator, but she couldn't, the yogurt was on the top shelf and she was two. So she walked over, you know, they wear their diapers like hiked up, like 85 year old men, like to their middle of their rib cage. So she said, hey, Pa. I don't know how I ended up as Pa. My wife's Puerto Rican. I thought maybe I'd be Poppy. I always said Dad. But Camila somehow went with Pa like we're in 1807 Kentucky. And when she said, hey, Pa, I looked over and she had her hand on her hip. And she said, get me a yogurt in Jesus' name. I said, Camila, I'm not a demon. I'm your dad. You can just say please. But I did notice I trotted over and opened the refrigerator and gave in to her demands because somehow she must have heard I don't have to beg for anything. I can use the name of Jesus and take what belongs to me. And I'm telling every one of you tonight, the devil, this is not a negotiation with the devil. The devil's going to have the worst year that he's ever had in the United States of America. And it's not going to happen out there somewhere. It's going to happen by the mighty power that worketh on the inside of you. So rejoice and be glad for the Lord has has given you the victory. I'm going to give you one more and I'll leave you alone. But I'll be back with, with my best friend, Brother Jesse Duplantis. Amen. Amen. You'll laugh yourself a six-pack of abs. Amen. Going to a Brother Jesse meeting is the equivalent of three weeks of sit-ups. I went to a baseball game in 2014, which is a very boring start to a story, but it gets better. I had preached for 52 straight days, and I was very tired. So when I came home, I like going to baseball because it's relaxing. If you go to a hockey game, your pulse is at like 310 for three straight hours. But baseball... Your blood pressure is at like three over one. There's nothing happening. And in Pittsburgh, their, their baseball park overlooks the city. If you sit in the, on the uh, third base side, it's very pretty. I'm looking forward to when they get the one built here for the, the, when the Oakland A's move here, because I bet you that'll be a nice place to go relax. So that's all I wanted to do. If it makes you think less of me, I was not looking to witness to anybody. 
I just wanted to sit and be quiet and watch a baseball game. I took my brother-in-law with me, Magalas' husband, Abel, because he doesn't talk. <laughs> he, he, when we have to give an account for every idle word, my brother-in-law, Abel, is going to be in the easy pass lane. <laughs> if you're behind me, grab a chair. So we got, our, we got there early. We grabbed our food. It was like 75 degrees out, less, 68 maybe. Just perfect. I thought, I'm just going to chill. I don't want to talk about anything. I was, I'd preached, what, a hundred times in the last 50 some days. I was preaching twice a day. I was to the point where if somebody sitting next to me said, I, I, I need help. I just, I need, I need prayer. I'd go, well, I believe God sends you somebody. Amen. Keep eating my popcorn. <laughs> I was switched off. So I bring that up because when you hear what I did, I know it came from my spirit because I didn't care in the natural. I was there to relax. And they said before the game started, they said, everybody rise to your feet. Well, if it's for the national anthem, I would. But other than that, I just wanted to hear what they were doing first. They said, everybody rise to your feet. Everybody stood up. They said, underneath your seat is a placard that says, stand up to cancer. Tonight, stand up to cancer night. So fine. People are free to do whatever they want. And they said, there's a, a pen that's taped to that board. Write the name in the blank of somebody you know who's been affected by cancer. So people did. And then they said, now hold it up over your head and repeat this after me. The PA announcer said, repeat this after me. Either me or somebody I know will be affected by cancer in my lifetime. And when I heard that, I felt a volcano starting to rise on the inside. It was starting to get to the point where I could take my pulse by feeling the side of my head. Because it was demonic. I thought... I thought, who's the public address guy? Lucifer? Well, you would think people, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? People resist blessing and, and, and have no resistance to curse. So if somebody comes and says, the Lord, the blessing of the Lord makes a man rich. And that's no saying, I don't like that, that, that prosperity stuff. But then you tell a stadium full of people, like, I wonder, I wonder if the public address guy said, I want everybody to stand to your feet and say, God's going to bless me more this year than any other year. You'd have to be like, what's that all about? I don't like that. Well, then you say, tell it, have everybody repeat, either me or somebody I know is going to be affected by cancer in my life. You would hope that people would go, I'm not saying that, but you'd be wrong. Like a chorus from hell, I listened to about 28,000 people with that sentence. Either me or someone I know will be affected by cancer in my lifetime. Well, no one would I know about death and life being in the power. I thought, this is how. The enemy works. It's actually, and I'm not trying to sound legalistic, it's getting hard, difficult for me to watch television, and I don't mean because of dirty movies or kissing and hugging. I'm talking about because the commercials are all getting you focused. Hey, Hank, you know your friend Fred? Yeah, what about him? He died. He was only 48, and he doesn't have any health insurance, and Brenda doesn't know what she's going to do. Do we have any health insurance? Then the announcer, what about you? What about me? How about leaving me alone? Putting the prices right back on. Can't watch anything. Are you using the bathroom more than you used to? Quit asking weird questions. How's that? Who's charting how much they use the bathroom? You know, you're right. I have noticed I'm up to 3.2 times a day. And it's always focused on sickness, depression, we're in a mental health. You get offered more drugs on one commercial break than you did your entire time in, in high school. <laughs> Always getting you thinking about sickness, 
and cancer and depression and disease. And that day was the first I heard it and it ticked me off. Somebody sick on that phone? What do they have? They just want to listen to me preach. Go ahead, turn it up. Whoever's listening on the phone, I love you. Enjoy the meeting. The guy smiling, holding his phone up on speakerphone. I like that. You're a good guy. God bless you. So when I heard that, it ticked me off because it's demonic. I'm not trying to be like overly harsh. But at the same time, I'm not not trying to be overly harsh. To have a bunch of, if death and life's in the power of the tongue, you and a bunch of people declare that, I thought, no wonder. This is how it works. Just like God can't help you till he gets you to believe something and speak it. The devil can't steal, kill, and destroy till he gets you to believe his lie and speak it. And you go to church and listen to some 28-minute message tomorrow morning on relationships, whatever, but that's not going to do the trick to put a resistance in you in the word. I'm not like everybody else. I'm not going to live like everybody else. I am blessed. The blessing of Abraham belongs to me. Either me, someone I know, be affected by cancer in my lifetime. And then everybody sat down. And I don't normally do stuff like this. I know there's preachers that I talk like this. You know, I stood up on the table at McDonald's and prayed at the top. I don't do that. I, I live in society and strive for peace with all men. But I was so, tell them the story I get irritated. Because how deceit, that act, I'm, I'm telling you right now, that actually put a fire in my gut. I actually wish there was an airplane ready for me outside of the, I went from wanting to not tell anybody about Jesus and sit to, you know what? I wish there was a plane ready for me outside the stadium and I could go another hundred services right now. Because I realized people are listening to this crap all day. Some people, you know, I, I, I met an old preacher at his house in Texas. He, he messaged me on Twitter. He said, I've been watching you preach. Can you come see me at my home? I said, sure. So I went there. There's a guy I like. He talked to me for five straight hours without ever taking a breath. I learned more in those five hours than I did in four years of Bible school and, and, and since. I mean, it was like a master class. And one of the things he said to me is, he said, me and you were raised in preacher's homes. Our mothers loved us. Our dads prayed for us. He said, but remember this. Most people... The only positive thing they'll hear all year or all week is when you preach to them. Their husbands mean to them. Their bosses mean to them. Their children are mean to them. Then in TV, then you go to a freaking baseball game and you hear cancer there. You don't have to go to an unbelief seminar to get unbelief. All you have to do is live in the world. But that's why the preaching of faith is the most valuable thing on planet earth. And with that renewed passion, I want to tell every man and every woman here, I want to tell all of you on YouTube, I want to tell the whole world, no matter what the devil's done to you, no matter what's going on in the world, you're only one prayer away from a miracle. God will pick you up from whatever pitch you're in and put your feet on the rock to stay. I, I was angry in my spirit. When everybody sat back down, I stood up and I yelled, not me. Do you know why I'm laying hands on you tonight? To impart a not me mentality. I might look like everybody else, but I'm not like everybody else. 
If you could see in the spirit, I have glowing red blood that's been poured over my head. It's the blood of Jesus, and it's a glowing red sign to the devil. Do not touch. I don't have deep. Anybody ever been around Christians? All they ever see is demons. I saw a demon. I don't see any demons. How come you never see any angels? <laughs> Bible doesn't say he assigns demons to go with you wherever you go. It says he orders his angels to go with you wherever you go. See, if you're looking for demons, you're looking for stink, you're looking for attack, you'll have it. But if you have eyes of faith that are looking towards the reward, God has a miracle. I told you about every service I've had the mic. Dr. Oral Roberts said, every day there's a miracle coming towards you or going past you. And it's your responsibility to discern it. You know, when I heard a hotel owner wanted to meat with me, I, I, I smelled miracle. I said, I'm not going to go there. It's Las Vegas. I bet it's going to be a demon. No. No. I expect a miracle. I've been watching this city turn around for three years now. I saw it go from, well, I won't get into politics. But I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching people wake up. I'm watching people starting to sniff out communism. Say, wait a minute, there's actually people that we've elected that are actively looking to take this, this country down. And we're going to vote their rear ends out of office. And we're not going to see America get submarined by a bunch of globalist, demon-possessed, alcoholic devils. God's going to send a revival through the church that shakes America and Las Vegas will not be left out. I stood up. Not me. Neither me nor anyone I know will be affected by cancer in my lifetime. I wasn't saying it so the people beside me could hear me. I wasn't saying it so the PA guy could hear me. I was saying it so the devil could hear me. I don't pray against the devil, but I'll say a few things every once in a while just so he knows. You're messing, you, you, you're going to pick a fight with the wrong guy. If you jerk the chain, you better know the dog on the other end. I'm not a pray for me, pray for me, Christian. I'm a sword of the spirit, Christian. I'm a shield of faith, Christian. And I'm telling you, you're leaving out of here. You're not going to be a pray for me, Christian. You're going to be, a, I'm on the attack for God, Christian, in Jesus' name. I'm not, not only am I not, so I'm, I'm, I'm telling you a story for a reason. It's not enough just to remain quiet. Well, I'm not saying that. Yeah, I want to say the opposite. A closed mouth is a closed destiny. Not me. Everybody say, not me. Not me. Who do you think is going to win the presidency? I'm going to tell you something. I'm not trying to preach something to get people uninvolved in politics by any means. But I'm just going to tell you. I was blessed under Obama. I got more blessed under Trump. We've had the best four years in our ministry under Biden with no help from, not because of what they've done. I don't operate on their plane. My blessing is not from below. My blessing is from above. The Democrats don't have a vote on the open windows of heaven. The Republicans can't screw up the open windows of heaven. If I'm on God's side and God's on my side, if the Lord is for you, nobody can be against you and your tomorrow's going to be all right.
worst case scenario won't affect me. I remember when I was a little boy, when we went to war with Iraq. On Wednesday night, after we, Wednesday night Bible study, when we went to war with Iraq, they had to set up two rows of chairs in both aisles at that Assemblies of God church because of how packed it was. The assistant pastor was preaching that night. Normally it was a ghost town. Tumbleweed and crickets blowing through. Place was jammed. People from everywhere came to church because they got afraid. There is no war with China, no war with, with, with Russia or whoever else. Who knows? People pouring through the border. They're not families coming from across the border. Whole busfuls of Chinese national men. We love China, but I'm saying uh, uh, Palestinian, Yemeni. You saw that one known terrorist come through. And when they said, who are you and where did you come from? He said, you'll see who I am and where I come from. And they find out he's on the terrorism list just loose in America. That's just one they caught. They caught on camera. I don't have the statistics with me about how many known terrorists have come through the border and they don't know where they're at. It's on purpose. But I'm going to tell you, if there are sleeper cells in this country, and I pray against every one of those plans in Jesus' name. My prayer is that people will get hungry now. You shouldn't have to wait till everything's falling apart to call out to God. You should press in now. But if the worst case happened, they detonated some dirty bomb. They're cooking up. They found a bio lab in California run, run by the, the Chinese government cooking up a worse virus than COVID. Let's say one came out and had a 4% kill rate instead of a 0.02% one. You want to know what would happen? We'd have to run services like this, 7 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 2 in the morning, 5 in the morning, 9 in the morning, 12 at noon. You'd have to run like they did in England during World War I, where there was a line of people a mile long that couldn't get into Royal Albert Hall and preach. Clear the hall, bring in the new group, preach again. Clear the hall, bring in the next group, preach again. You mark my words. Forget two Sunday morning services. The day will come in America where there will be multiple night services. 7, 11, and 1 in the morning. And there will be people waiting in line to hear the word of God. If nothing happens, we're going to have revival. If something bad happens, we're going to have revival. The church is an undefeatable, unhinderable, unharassable force. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We have about a thousand people come to our church in, in Pittsburgh on Sunday. I guarantee you, I guarantee you if a dirty bomb went off and they said, we don't know how many of these sleeper cells are here. And I don't want that. You, how many think we'd have on Sunday, the next Sunday? 4,200. 5,000, and they're not going to go to some church to hear a lesson on relationships, I'll tell you that. If they leak one of those viruses, they're not going to go to a church where they hear about time management. They're going to want to go somewhere where people know about the anointing with oil and the prayer of faith. I don't want that. But I'm just saying all the worst case scenarios, the church, if you hook in with the church, you can only go up. Can you say Amen. Can you say a better amen? amen? That church we have in Fort Worth can seat 2,400 people. I guarantee it'd be over full. Yeah. 
the next Sunday there'd be too many people coming to get saved. I pray it doesn't take something like that for Americans to get hungry. And this Las Vegas meeting has been a good encouragement to me that the American people are awake. They were asleep in 2019, but they're awake in 2024. They're about to run all these devils out of office. In Jesus' name. When I sat back down from saying, not me, neither me, or anybody else will be affected by cancer in my lifetime. There's an old guy sitting next to me had a long white beard. He was on halfway through his second mug of beer. And he said, what'd you say? I thought he was going to like pick a fight with me or something. I said, I said, not me. Neither me or anybody in my house is going to get affected by cancer. He went just like this. I like your way better. Me too. I got one drunk turned around in Pittsburgh. I'm looking to get some Las Vegas people on the right direction. I'm not like everybody else. I'm not going to have what the world has. I have power and authority by Jesus Christ to walk in the blessing of God. If you have a me too in you, if you have that in me, not me, I'm going to have what the Bible says. Let's take 30 seconds. Let's clap our hands one final time and give Jesus a mighty, mighty, mighty shout. Come on, 20 more seconds, let it rip. Who is on the Lord's side? Who is on the Lord's side? Stay on your feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Be anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. You come out of this meeting tonight equipped and empowered to take ground for God. This is going to be the best year you've ever had. They're trying to destroy the food supply. Good news. The Bible says even in famine, they will eat in plenty. I've already said enough tonight, but I'm I'm telling you, I so see God's hand in this country when everybody's America's finished. You know, there's a conservative guy. He's, he, you know, he's a nice guy. He put on Instagram, America's finished because of something that I don't know what happened. I wrote into the comments. I said, then shut your Instagram account down. Why are you, then shut up. If it's finished, then what are you even fighting about? You fear-mongering conservative. That's a, see, that's all conservatives do. They just fear-monger. They don't have a solution. They raise money off of, off of fear. Conservatives pray on the church just like Democrats pray on Section 8 housing. I'm not, I'm not conservative. I'm not a liberal. I'm a Holy Ghost filled preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, they say not to get into politics because you'll divide the audience. But rather than divide the audience, I'll just lose the whole audience. I'm not a Democrat. And the Republicans are the biggest bunch of committed losers that almost enjoy losing I've ever seen. If my hope was in the Republican Party, I'd climb to the top of the stratosphere and fling myself off tonight. 
But my hope is not in the Republican National Convention. My hope is in the living God and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you just like the first great awakening and the second great awakening. God doesn't need a political party to help. God will do it in spite of the political parties. God will shake America. You mark my words. God will shake America one more time by the fire of the Holy Ghost. And in the city that people think he's least likely to move, I wouldn't be surprised if it began in Las Vegas, Nevada. Go ahead and celebrate it one more time. Somebody say revival. 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 Let it start here. In fact, I... I feel the Holy Ghost on that lady that said it. I hope it was a lady. If not my high-pitched voice, sir, I, I, my apologies. Lift your hands and lift, I want to join in with what that woman said. Say, thank you, Father, for beginning it right now. It's not coming. It's beginning right now. It's going to begin to burn out of this meeting. It's going to overflow different places. If you're filled with the Spirit, begin to pray in the Spirit. Indiana Mondiara Babrago. Kendiana Mondiara. Oh, you sound good. We have the victory. Can't lose the victory. We have the victory. Rindiana Mondiara Ba. Ristoniara Bastere. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. I want you to think of something with me. By the way, I don't, the Bible says be honest in your estimation of yourselves, not thinking of yourself more highly than ye ought. If a massive revival breaks out tomorrow, like visibly in Las Vegas, you're going to see anything on Instagram. See what we started. I'm not taking credit for anything. But I, it is interesting. There probably are pastors who through the years say, I believe one day in these casinos, They'll be full of people speaking in tongues and praising God. People clapping, like, yeah, maybe one, one day. But we're actually probably in this meeting, in these meetings, a fulfillment of prophecies that people have been spoken. Because, you know, you know another thing Dr. Jesse told me, Duplantis, when he called me? He said, I wanted to preach on the strip. I couldn't get any of those hotels to let me in. We couldn't get any to let us in. Then this one changed its mind uh, a couple weeks out. Because actually when I met with the one hotel president, he, I can't remember they have a term for these kind of events. It's like faith, uh, something, and something, something events. And, and cas casino hotels don't want them. Because you don't just want things that bring traffic into your hotel. You want things that bring dr drinking and, and gambling traffic into your hotel. You don't want a bunch of you people ruining everything. Do you want anything to drink? Do you have any orange juice? All right, get out of here. We did not build this city on orange juice. Everybody say the tide has turned. So we say the pendulum has swung. Because think of how ridiculous it'd be if you say, I believe one day in the casinos it'll be packed. There'll be more people speaking in tongues than there are gambling on the floor today. No, that sounds nice, brother so-and-so, but I think maybe you need a sabbatical. But now what's happening right now? See, people don't even realize they're in a revival till it's over. And we're in one right now. This is the beginning 
of a national. I don't mean this meeting tonight. I'm talking, this is part of it. America is actually in the middle of a revival right now. I've actually quit saying, Lord, you know, Lucien, and just started saying, Lord, thank you for this revival. I see the beginnings of it. I thank you that it's growing. I normally don't pray for my own staff because I could do that back in Pittsburgh. Raphael, lift your hands where you're at. Power of God's on you. You will be used in this last day revival. As your faith just reached out, it touched the anointing. You're going to another level from today. In Jesus' name. Whatever God put in your heart to do at Bible school, that's exactly what you're going to do. And nothing is going to stop it. In Jesus' name. Praise God. We just had a photography position open up in our ministry. Because our photographer was caught laying down on the job. Somebody say the pendulum is swung. Father, I thank you for blessing rural Nevada. Nevada, sorry. Rural Nevada. I thank you for blessing Wolf Creek. I thank you for blessing uh, Reno. And that's about it. No one lives anywhere else. But I pray you bless all the little towns too where it's just a trailer, a generator, a satellite dish, and some meth cooking equipment. I pray you'd sweep through those places in Jesus' name. I pray, I pray the schools would get hit. I pray the public high schools would get hit. I pray the Christian high schools would get hit. I pray UNLV will get hit. Who's, who, who's, who's to say whether that shooting wasn't the devil already knowing what's coming and trying to get ahead of it? But in the name of Jesus, may UNLV be shaken by the power of God. May the running rebels be a home of revival in Jesus' mighty name. In the place that people think God would be least likely to move, may that be where it begins. Now say this, I'm not going to watch it happen. I'm going to be a part of it happening. That's what you are right now. You're a part of it happening. Before I lay hands on you, did anybody watch that series of meetings we did called What No Eye Has Seen? I had hands laid on me by all those guys that week, starting with Pastor Rodney. Bishop Dag poured so much olive oil on me. I was just slipping up the stairs, down the stairs. Went home smelling like an olive garden every night. Bishop, uh, sorry, Pastor Polonici laid hands on me. I never got to say goodbye to him. When I came to and opened my eyes, they had almost all the lights off in the place. And I was laying in the astroturf. It was the next week, two, 10 days later maybe, that the Lord put it in my spirit about starting the church in Fort Worth. So you get in the right place and get the right hands laid on you. It expands you on the inside and you start doing different things on the outside. We said we're going to lay hands on everybody tonight and we are. And that's why we don't have some kind of fascination with touching people's heads. Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift that came on the inside of you when I laid my hands on you. So among other things, the laying on of hands is a conduit for the gifting and grace that's in one vessel to flow freely into another vessel. 
So having said that, no one should leave here and repeat your same life. You take, some people fall over, some people laugh, some people cry, some people jump, some people do all of it at once. That's great. And I'm all for it. It's a wonderful experience. But then you should take that and go home or to your church or your evangelistic ministry, whatever you do, and you should refuse to repeat 2023. Thank God for everything good he did last year, but we don't go from same to same. We go from glory to glory, from victory to victory, and from strength to strength. I'm not trying to talk myself up at all, but I, everybody say glory to glory. There's a, there's a great pastor in America that I've never spoken to, but I know who he is. He called my Uncle Ted during that What No Eye Has Seen, and he said, I'm watching your nephew. That place is packed. He said, I saw in the spirit, he's caught a wave, and when he gets to the crest of that wave, I was thinking, oh no, is this going to be one of these processes? When he gets to the crest of that wave, he's going to go down. But that's not what he said. He said, tell your nephew, I saw in the spirit, when he gets to the crest of that wave, he's going to go up and catch another wave and go even higher. And that's exactly what has happened. And what that man passed to me by the Holy Ghost, I'm passing to you today by word and the laying on of hands. You're going to catch a wave and fit right now. And when you get to the top of that wave, you're going to catch another wave and go higher. From glory to glory, victory to victory, and strength to strength. The last backward step you took will be the last backward step you ever take. Every cycle of one good week, three bad weeks, one step forward, three steps backwards, is broken tonight. Broken tonight. No more ups and downs. Ups and ups. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You can't receive these great things from God if you're living outside of God's kingdom. A decision to live in sin is a decision to exclude yourself from these good things because what did we start with an hour and a half ago they're good things that come with salvation they don't come randomly they come with being born again until you're born again you can't enter into any of these things but being born again is a free gift you don't have to scan a QR code and come to 11 classes believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your house you repent of sin what's that I'm done I'm not going to live the way I, I want to I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to live that way anymore. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to be a slave to the devil. If the things this preacher preached are true tonight, that Jesus dethroned the enemy and took the keys, and he's holding the keys in my favor, then I'm not staying in bondage to a defeated punk. So goodbye, devil. Me and you have no further business. I'm going over to the other side. If you're here today, and if you were honest, you say, Jonathan... I'm not living exactly like I should. I've allowed things to come into my life that the Bible calls sin, and I realize now that's, that's the problem. Sin has put a wall up. It's given the devil an open door to come in and mess with me anytime he wants. But today I'm parting company with the enemy, and I'm making Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. All the devil has to do to defeat you is get you to put that off one hour. 
I got to take care of a few things and then I'll come for no you don't clean up your life and come to Christ you come just as you are and he gives you a new life come with your sin if you say Jonathan that's me I'm not waiting till I'm in a jail cell or a rehab clinic I'm giving my life to Jesus tonight I want you to quick, I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you and for you. Wherever you are, I want you to put your hand up right now and wave it at me, and we're going to pray together in Jesus' name. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. The Lord brought you here. Keep it up. That's a lot of hands. Man, what is, it's going to be a great closeout. We're going to get close to 200 people that have made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior this week. In three, in three short days in Las Vegas. Very quickly, everyone that lifted a hand. We have you come forward because that's the Bible. Everybody God called, he called publicly. Adam, where art thou? How did they know 3,000 were added to the church that were in that crowd? They came out from the crowd. Come out from the crowd and be ye separate. I want every person that lifted a hand. And, yeah, people are already coming. That's right. Those of you with the most boldness, come right now. Every hand that was lifted, come. This is your day. Come right to the front. This is your day. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus today. Enough is enough. I'm done with the devil. I'm not going to live in sin anymore. Awesome. Keep coming. This is your day. This is your day. before we pray come if the Lord's wrestling with your heart come what a great closeout to it yes more this is awesome tremendous anybody else yes keep coming you don't have to be depressed you don't have to be sick you don't have to be broken you can be whole Jesus will take you and heal you today you'll be able to tell people for the rest of your life where'd you get saved grandma what church um Plaza Casino, Assembly of God. Amen. Amen. Keep coming. Anybody else before we pray? I'll wait 10 more seconds just in case somebody is wrestling. Don't wrestle, just surrender. Amen. This is, uh, yes, there we go. There, I feel good now. Feel good. I waited just for you. That's how much Jesus loves you. Every hand lifted. I'm going to give you the words to say, but this is not a, a, a recital. This is a prayer that you pray to a real God. Even as you're praying it, he's going to reach down, take out your old heart, and give you a brand new heart. Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old life is dead. Behold, all things become new. Say this out loud, nice and loud. Heavenly Father, I've come forward today to give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in your blood. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus is Lord 
and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness. By the blood of Jesus, I am saved. I am forgiven. I am clean. In Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your hands lifted. I'm going to pray for you. Probably every one of you that came forward, there's something in your mind that you're thinking, I need to stand against that. I've, I've submitted to that thing, but now I need to not go that direction. The Lord's going to give you the power. You're not going to stand against it in your own strength. God's going to give you His strength to stand where you used to fall. Amen. if I pray for you? Just take two steps forward. Let me see your right hand. Lift your other hand to the Lord. Receive power from on high to win in every battle of life. The stuff that I preached isn't fake. I tell you specifically, the last battle you lost will be the last battle you lose. From this day forward, you walk in victory in Jesus' name. Stay there and let the Lord touch you. You're, you're a mom or sister. Lift both hands, close both eyes. That's the power of God coming on you right now. As the Lord answered this prayer, he answers every other prayer in Jesus' name. That's it. Be blessed. Be blessed. You want prayer? Lift your other hand to the Lord. Be blessed. I thank you, Father, for healing. I thank you for a new life in Jesus' name. I'm proud of you. You're going to do great things for God. Be blessed. Every prayer your grandma's prayed for you, I commend it to come to pass tonight. In Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you. With all your hands lifted, from the top of your head, that's it. It's getting even stronger. I'm not trying to sound like a kook, but it's like Jesus is giving you a hug right here at the altar. And everything's getting washed away. Nothing from your past will trail you home from this casino. In Jesus' name. do all right. Same way I do all right. Same God that helps me is going to help you. Be blessed. Be healed. Be strong. Every unclean cell in your body come out in Jesus' name. Be healed. I command you to live and not die in Jesus' name. Have the healthiest year you've ever had. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' precious name. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you for new life. Thank you that where we were weak, now we're strong. That's it. Go right through you. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. I curse the taste for any illicit substance off your lip and tongue. You'll never have a desire for it again. In Jesus' name. The things the devil used to use to trip you up, they won't work anymore. You leave this altar a new creature. Old life passed away, all things new. In Jesus' name. Welcome to the family of God. Your sins are all forgiven. Your name's written in heaven. You have a home in heaven when you die. Altar workers, I want you to come here. These people are friends of mine. And a lot of them came a long way just to help with the meeting, and I appreciate that. They're going to give you 
a Bible and some other gifts from the church that'll help you live the Christian life. If you liked my preaching, you can listen to more of it. I'm on YouTube, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and I have an app, Revival Today. It's free, and all my messages are on there. You can listen to them on the way to work and school, and it'll build your faith up. Amen? You'll do great things for God. Um, let me say this while the altar workers are coming. If you're between the ages of 18 and 35, we have a Bible school called Revival Today Bible Institute. If you feel called into the ministry, if you were watching me preach tonight, you thought, I, want to, I, I feel I'm supposed to do that. You need training. Just like if you want to fly an airplane, you don't just buy a plane and give it your best. You'll hurt a lot of people. The ministry, anything you're going to do, you need training. And we offer five-star training. It's $2,000 a year, which is about $31,000 cheaper than most Bible schools, $38,000. And uh, we'll take our next enrollment of students for September. So if you want to join us between the ages of 18 and 35 next year, they probably have that on the screen, RevivalTodayBibleInstitute.com. Get plugged into a great church. We have one in Pittsburgh. If you're watching online and you prayed with us, we have one in Pittsburgh and one in Fort Worth, RevivalTodayChurch.com. And then you can go on Instagram, RevivalTodayChurchFortWorth, and we'd love to see you there. How many of you were blessed tonight? How many of you can tell it's going to be a great year for the church and a bad year for the devil? You're going to have the best year you've ever had. While the altar workers are getting to everybody, if you would, just wait for them and they'll get to you. I want you to be seated briefly before we line you up to pray for you. We're going to receive the final offering of this crusade. No one is under any pressure to give, but some people come to these meetings to give. And so I want to join my faith with you that every seed that you sow, I'm going to believe for a hundredfold return for your business or your ministry. This is going to bless two ministries at the same time, Rodney Howard Brown and then what you, me that you heard tonight, which is Revival Today. We have a church in Pittsburgh, a church in Fort Worth, and we travel uh, and do evangelism. We feed 5,000 children every morning, and we do a lot of other things, and you're going to have a part in that, and God's going to bless you for it. Glad I got to meet you. Proud of you. God bless you. So, if you need an offering envelope, hold up your hand. They'll pass you an offering envelope. Way to go. Love you. Love you, Mary Ellen. Nice family. That's awesome. It's nice having you. That's awesome. I'm really glad I got to meet you. If you're watching online, revivaltoday.com, you can click give now. Thank you for your giving. If you're in Texas, I'll be in Fort Worth somehow at nine in the morning to preach. And then in Pittsburgh, 10 a.m. at Revival Today Church, Pittsburgh. I'll be in Nashville Wednesday night. I don't want to think about that. So let's just keep moving. Thanks for coming. God bless you. Love you. Want prayer? Lift your hand to the Lord. Be blessed in Jesus' name. I commend this year to be radically different. 
for you to live your life to the, for the Lord all the days of your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Nice to meet you. God bless you. I am going to pray for healing. I'll pray for you first. Now, instead of everybody coming up one by one, we're going to lay hands on everybody tonight. Provided you stay here. If you go home, I'm not going to follow you to your house. That would be weird. Be healed in Jesus' name. Command all your strength to come back to you and this infirmity to go in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll pray for you again, too. Thank you for your giving tonight. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dios te bendiga. Dios te bendiga en el nombre de Jesús. El poder de Dios en el nombre de Jesús. In Jesus' name, fuego de Dios. Jesus' name. God bless you. Te amo. I want to pray for everybody, but I'll pray for these stubborn people first. I'm glad you, you, you want a touch from God. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Everything you were struggling with, I command you not struggle with it anymore. In Jesus' name. Here, come closer to me. Be blessed. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet, be healed. Everything that pertains to you, be blessed. Come for prayer. All right, this is the last lady I'm praying for before I pray for everybody, but since you're so persistent, be blessed. In Jesus' name, come in this year to be different. Be healed. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. We'll get everybody, I promise you, I'm going to pray for you. The way people are forcing me to pray for them, you'd think I have a habit of lying and running out the back door, but I promise you, I'm going to pray for you. Come here, I'm going to pray for you. You and I have very similar backgrounds spiritually. Lift both your hands, close both eyes. We believe the same thing, we speak the same thing. The Lord gives you a fresh touch you're going to have the best year you've ever had in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Oh, yeah. Very impressive. Ten-inch drop. Well, they clap for anything in this city. That guy jumped ten inches to the ground, landed right on his feet. Practically Cirque du Soleil in here. Hold your seat up before the Lord. If you gave by phone, you can hold your phone up. If you're watching online, just hold your right hand up to the Lord. I thank you, Father, for a hundredfold return on every seed that's sown. In Jesus' name. Amen. Say this out loud. I'll never be broke another day in my life. Since it's the last night, I have books 
available on the table. If you liked my preaching, you'll like the book. book books are like paper talking that you hear with your eyes. So it's me in book form g- giving you... Uh, <laughs> you like that? <laughs> so I got healing back there. I got three books on money that'll help you. And they're not three books that just say give in all caps on every page. It's how money works and how to facilitate the blessing of God. Bible prophecy. So check that out. And if you want to partner with our ministry and stay in touch with us, um, revivaltoday.com, right where you gave, you can do it that way. Please stay in touch. YouTube, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, but more importantly, on the app, because YouTube takes me down from time to time. So we have an app. It's the Revival Today app. You can download that. And uh, if you want to follow me on X, that used to be Twitter, at JD Shuttlesworth, put our meetings on there. They, they don't really take people down anymore now that Elon Musk bought it. So that's good for now. Amen. Do you want to know why I'm here? Stand up, Jason. The Lord spoke to me to go to Sturgis to the biker rally and do a crusade, so we did one. One of the bikers that got touched there told him at a business conference about me. He sort of watched me on YouTube, and I was preaching in New Mexico, and I said, where'd you come from? And he said, uh, you're near Reno, right? He got saved. He was a complete, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm telling you his words, he was a pagan. Pagan, no place for God, never been to church, never heard about Jesus. When he flew, when he watched me, he found the next place I was going to be, which was Hobbs, New Mexico, and flew to Hobbs, New Mexico. They didn't have a rental car for him because it's a tiny town. So he ran to the church from the airport. And when he told me that, the Lord spoke to me when he told me that, that that's a sign of the hunger there is for God in Nevada. And I'm gonna, we're going to get the fire in this state more and more. This state is going to be shaken by the power of God. Can you say amen? I'm very proud of you, just so you know. Not that you need me to be proud of you, but I'm proud of you. Go ahead, sing, sing that. Sing what you're playing. Amen. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am, I will sing of the goodness of God. For my life you have been faithful. Oh my life, oh my life you have been so, so good with every breath that I am able. I will see the goodness of God.
every hand lifted to the Lord. Father, I thank you for a great three days of meetings. I pray, this is kind of a weird prayer, but I'll send it up to you and you can do with it as you will. I pray you bless the Plaza Casino for opening the doors to have a revival. Again, up to you. But you said wherever anybody welcomes your message, bless them. So I bless this place. I bless the owner. I bless the staff. In Jesus' name, I pray, I pray they'd have an encounter with you this year. As they made room for the word of God in their casino, I pray the word would find a home in their heart and in their lives. You would bless them. I pray for every person in this place. As I lay hands on them, may the giftings and fire and power of God come alive in their spirit. I thank you that the same power that gives us what we need for ministry heals the sick. Let every sickness and disease be healed by the laying on of hands tonight. Hepatitis A, B, C, HIV, diseases in the blood that they're still running tests on to try to figure out what it is, strange diseases, central nervous system attack, every sickness and every disease I commend it to be healed. For you said you will lay your hands on the sick and not some of them will recover, not they might recover, all of them will recover. Thank you that they receive healing tonight. For healing is the children's bread. And that Syrophoenician lady got one crumb and it was enough to heal her daughter. And thank you that we have the whole loaf. We receive healing now. In Jesus' name. As hands are laid on you, I command you to see what you couldn't see. I command you to hear what you couldn't hear. I command you to move what you couldn't move. Full mobility. In Jesus' name. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. By the laying on of hands, every pastor, I command their church to supernaturally double this year. Every evangelist, I command their meetings to blow open everywhere they go. Too many people, not enough seats, not enough altar space for the people getting saved. Let tonight be a change of levels in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit revivaltoday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.